Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Weekend edition of the Net Report Podcast. I'm your co-host, Mike Broadbent. Joining me once again is my co-host, Richie Schneiderite. Richie, we have a lot to talk about. Uh, last night, we got a commitment in the class of 2024 for football. Sam Piloff, he's a linebacker at Wisconsin. We have yet to, we kind of alluded to the Noah Fernandes commitment uh, in our last pod. And of course, he committed an hour later. Yep. Uh, some interesting women's basketball developments and uh, a potentially dramatic situation, a kind of brewing behind the scenes for the class of 2023 in terms of basketball. But let's start right off the top with the the newest news. Uh, Sam Piloff, the linebacker out of Wisconsin, I alluded to before, committed to Rutgers football last night. Tell us a little bit about Rutgers getting in Sam Piloff. Yeah, so Sam's just a typical um, outside linebacker. Uh, he's a sound tackler. He's pretty quick for his, uh, for his size, 6'2", 210. He's a legit 6'2", 210, mind you. Um, overall, like he's, he's just a really solid player out of Wisconsin. Um, you don't see Rutgers really travel that far for um, recruits, no. but they're starting to more and more with, with New Jersey guys starting to lean elsewhere. Rutgers is starting to hit those Big Ten areas a little bit harder. They're, they're offering kids in Ohio, Iowa, Illinois, they have a kid committed from Michigan and Gabriel Winowich. Now they have a kid committed in um, Wisconsin and Sam Piloff. So I expect them to kind of hit those areas a little bit harder, especially when those in-state programs aren't going to keep those guys home. Rutgers is going to swoop in and take them and keep them in the Big Ten at least. Um, yeah, he, he's just a really sound linebacker. I don't think there's anything like super, super crazy about him, um, but he's just a fundamentally sound player. He's uh, – he just he's really good at rapping too, which I'm sure Shiano's going to love in terms of tackling, um, and he can get after the quarterback from time to time too, off the edge if if need be. Um, might be able to pack on a couple pounds, maybe play at two thirty ish, and uh, kind of go from there. I think he probably redshirt year one. I think that's like a given for most kids at this point. Yep. But um, especially because the linebacker room is getting deeper and deeper every year. But yeah. I don't expect them to really pursue much more at linebacker just because they did take two last class. They took three in the class before that. Um, and, and they still have guys. I think Muhammad Toure still has technically two years left. So that's another linebacker. Um, Moses Walker's got four years left. Um, so it's going to be tough for these guys to see the field early. But I do think this is a really good commitment and uh, a really good get for Rutgers early on uh, in this recruiting class. Yeah, so let's talk about how – and why he committed. Um, was he at the scrimmage this past weekend? Was he on a visit? Did he nope. visit recently? <laughs> okay. Nope, he, he hasn't visited it since, I think it was January. I got to double check on that one. Um, yeah, so he hasn't visited since January. He was on campus for a uh, junior day. And uh, he, he kind of just, he. so his dad has a lot of family from New Jersey. So that was kind of the main reason they were going to visit. They're like, all right, like we have family over there. Let's, let's go check out Rutgers. And Rutgers obviously offered... Um, and it kind of just stuck with them. He really built a really good relationship with the staff. This was all Andy Ulrich all the way. Um, obviously, Corey Heatherman had a had a hand in there too, as the position coaches always do. But uh, Ulrich kind of initiated this one and, and kind of sealed the deal too. He, uh, he ended up just calling up and saying, hey, like I, I think I'm ready to do this. I'm ready to commit. Um, 
that, that, let's get this uh, over and done with. Let's, let's do it. And that was kind of it. Here's, here's your graphic. <laughs> here's your video. Do it. Post it. Wow. Yeah, so a linebacker with size and it looks like speed. Um, I've you know, seen you know, full game highlights of this guy, but he looks like a good get. Um, he's now the fourth commitment of the mm-hmm. class um, after AJ Cerace. Uh, did I say that right? I'm yes. Sorry. Yeah, okay. Gabriel Winwich and Kenny Jones, <clears throat> the other three. Um, we've kind of, this was not the, the commitment that Richie alluded to in the last pod. I know you said that there might be a commitment, you know, by the oh, spring yeah. game. Um, and this was not him. This one kind of came out of left field a little bit from what it sounds like. So yeah. uh, keep, keep staying tuned to that because it sounds like Rutgers will be picking up a pretty big commitment um, in the coming weeks that I yeah. think everybody will be excited about. For sure. And they, they're doing pretty well. Uh, not Maybe not in the state, but pretty close to the state. Yep. Um, and you were at the scrimmage on Saturday. Uh, is there anything of note that you can discuss from the scrimmage that you saw um, or heard? I had a blindfold on the whole time. Uh, they, they told me, don't peek, don't look. Uh, anything you see is uh, off limits, obviously. So I can't really say much. Um, I can just talk about what Shiano said. And uh, he just he thought the team made some mistakes and uh, their developmental program. Everyone loves that phrase, and it's all over our board. It's all over Twitter. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's, uh, that's about it. That's all I can really say. Um, I watched football, and that's – Yeah. <laughs> Was there a big contingent of recruits there? I know it was supposed to be yes. a big visit day. How did so that I can, go? I can talk about that. Um, Cooper Ackerman showed up. Um, he's a 2025 defensive end from Massachusetts. Uh, they're, they're really big on – they kind of – I actually have them as the favorite for him right now. I oh. uh, thought about doing a future cast, but um, my future casts aren't, aren't looking too hot right now. So I had to rescind <laughs> one from Corey Duff recently. Uh, it does, yeah, it sounds like Rutgers is in third place there behind UNC and Miami who just offered – so wow. that's going to be a tough one. It's probably a tough loss, I should say. But um, I don't want to jinx it, so that's kind of why I don't want to submit the future cast for Ackerman. But uh, <laughs> I, I do think they have a really good shot there. Uh, Teddy Foster came up from Florida, the Cardinal Mooney defensive back that Rutgers is like in love with. He's like a legit 6'2 cornerback, and he's lengthy. He's tall. can can cover man press coverage. Um, he, he's kind of the prototypical DB for Shiano. I wouldn't be shocked if Rutgers kind of put on the pressure there a little bit just to see if they can like, land them pretty quickly and just get it over and done with. But obviously out-of-state kids are always tough just because they're, they're out-of-state, so it's always hard to hold on to them yep. uh, with other in-state schools down in Florida and anywhere else, I guess, really, for, uh, always making a push. Um, I'm trying to think. There was someone else on campus. Uh, John Morris is a linebacker out of Fairfield Prep up in Connecticut. He's He's got a couple, like, G5 offers and – Lower than that, I think um, FCS offers, Ivy League, stuff like that. But I actually like him as a prospect a lot, and it seems like the staff does too. And, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a possibility they could take two linebackers. It wouldn't shock me if they did, to be honest, but uh, I wouldn't say it's a lock either just because, like I said before, they have so many guys that are <laughs> – there's so many guys on campus already at the linebacker room, at the linebacker position. So, plus, they, for the most part, they we noticed it over the past couple of years. They, they like to run a two linebacker sets for the most part with the nickel and – um, I don't, I don't know if that changes really, but we'll, we'll wait and see. Uh, now that they have healthy bodies, it could change completely. So, uh, last year was kind of out of necessity, but the year before they still ran two linebacker sets as well. So we'll kind of wait and see what happens there. 
Yeah, that's just kind of how football in general is trending. Where mm-hmm. we need an extra defensive back. Cause most a lot of base sets on offense are now three wide, so yeah. eleven personnel. So it makes sense. Uh, even tight ends are becoming a lot more athletic. That linebackers you typically can't yeah. cover a really good tight end with anymore. You have to drop a safety down. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, is there anything other uh, else football related before we move on to basketball? Um, no, you know what? I changed my mind. I just submitted a Cooper Ackerman. Um, <laughs> what do you call it? Uh, future cast. So there, there's that. Um, wow. I think there's a, there's a really good shot. Um, sh- I shot out a text real quick before, and I was just like, you know what? It's it's early, so I was just going to see if anyone would answer. And I was like, oh, shit, that, that was pretty quick. And I'm like, <laughs> we feel pretty good. And I'm like, all right, that makes sense. And I was looking at his offer list, too, and – it's nothing crazy. Like it's it's uh, Boston College, UConn, Mass, UMass, UPenn, and Rutgers. Been to Rutgers four times, twice this year already. So I, I'm actually pretty confident. As long as uh, Rutgers wants him, he he will be uh, a Scarlet Knight when it's all said and done. So yeah, that's all I really got for football. I know next week a um, couple more visitors, another scrimmage. Um, you guys will get to see everything in two weeks. I think it is. Is the 29th? Yep, that's yes. the spring game. That's uh, it's gonna be interesting to see how that works. Just because the 29th is the spring game and the 30th is the last day to enter the portal, I do think you'll see at least two, maybe three, four, maybe even um, guys enter the portal. Maybe more. Um, guys are just starting to see where they're landing on the depth chart, and some are gonna be like, "Whoa, I'm out." Yep, yep. Yeah, and that's around the country though. Like some yeah. kids, they're you know half and half. Like whether or not they're sure that they're going to play next year, and then after spring, the picture becomes pretty clear. Um, so I'm sure that they'll dive back into the portal uh, at some point. And there's already, you know, a guy on your uh, on the new transfer portal thread, uh, Jalen Gill, who was at Ohio State when Greg, I believe, helped recruit him to Ohio State. Uh, yes. All those years ago, and he's transferring from Boston College with one year of eligibility left. So that's a name to watch. Um, yeah, I, I asked someone about him, and someone said, quote-unquote, um, kind of overrated, um, would be a waste of a roster spot. I think that some of the other guys have higher uh, higher ceilings than him on the roster currently. And I was like, okay, well, fair enough. Yep, that's fair. Um, but stay tuned because transfer news tends to, to kind of happen very quickly. So Yes. Uh, let's move on to basketball. So basketball picked up uh, – only transfer portal commitment of the offseason so far, and Noah Fernandes. He's a 5'11", 180-pound guard out of UMass. Uh, last time we we kept saying Fernandez, it's actually pronounced Fernandes. So, uh, you know, there's definitely nothing funny you can make joke-wise about oh, his no. last name, so don't even try okay. it. Um, <laughs> I'm sure that we won't have a ton of fun with that um, in the meme space. But this is a guy who is just a very advanced offensive player, that Rutgers is definitely going to uh, love having next year, I feel like. Because not yeah. only can he create his own shot, but he can just, you know, he's he just sucks in so much gravity from the defense to create open shots for other players too. And on his highlights, you just see like time after time, <clears throat> he's patient when he's, you know, penetrating. <clears throat> Even though he's small, he doesn't take bad shots. Like he's able to create space and he's able to, you know, continue dribbling when – you know, his first attempt at, at getting an open look isn't there or he's able to distribute it. Um, he's just kind of the, the calming, mature presence that you want as your primary mm-hmm. ball handler. Um, so I'm really excited to land him. Uh, talk a little bit about 
about Noah and how that whole thing came together. Yeah, so um, they they reached out to him pretty early when he entered the portal, um, and he came on a visit this past past weekend. I think it was. Yep. No, yeah, this this past weekend, weekend before, um, weekend before, whatever, uh, whatever it was. Um, yeah, and he kind of just sealed the deal from there. Uh, he had a visit scheduled to Butler on the twenty first, but they ended up canceling that. Um, there there was some talk that he was still going to take that visit, but it seemed like a combination of things happened. He, Rutgers did a really good job of selling him. Um, he gets a ton of minutes at Rutgers just from day one. You're probably the starting point guard. Um, and at, going to Butler, Butler just took two, three guards, I think it was. So it's, there goes some yeah, of the minutes right there. Yeah, so like three they, they could sell you a starting spot, but they just took three guards. So, yep. Whereas Rutgers has three guards total. Yep. <laughs> um, and he's one of them. Um, I really like his game. I want to pull up his highlights real quick. Um, let's see if I can do this. He's, he's just able to create space. Um, does he take some risky shots, risque shots? Yeah, quite a bit. Um, but this, this UMass team is bad, too. So um, yep. it, it is tough to say, like, how good he is. I guess he he's really not the fastest dude in the world, but he can get to the rim, as you just saw. He can make his own shot. He can create space. He draws in uh, double teams at time to time. And um, the fact that he's still able to score on those double teams kind of tells me of how good of a prospect he really is. Um, I think between him and Cam Spencer in the backcourt, it's going to be a much better scoring backcourt, uh, offensively especially, just because, I mean, they, they didn't have any offense last year. Yeah, yep. uh, It was Cam Spencer, basically. So now you get the Cam Spencer to spot up a little more and just kind of leave him to do his own thing. And this, this could be a really dangerous offensive tandem. Um, defensively, I, I, I don't know how to judge him because he only played in a couple games this year, so... It's really hard to say uh, before suffering an injury. And then the year before, they, this UMass team was just god-awful. I think they were ranked in like the 250 range of uh, defensive efficiency. So they did take a big leap this past season, but he wasn't on the court. So it's like, shit, I didn't get a real chance to see how good he is defensively. Um, but he does have some good steals numbers. He's averaging like, I think it's 1.3, 1.4 for his career. Yeah, yep. So, I mean, that, that's always an encouraging sign. But I do think he's a little step slower when it comes to shifting and shuffling his feet. So I think overall it's going to be a little tough. But then when you have – if someone does get past him, you have a big man like Cliff down there who's going to probably block, I want to say, 60% of the shots that are attempted on him. I, I think everything will be okay. And plus Pike preaches defense. Pike's going to be able to teach this guy more than most coaches can in terms of defensive efficiency. So – I actually really like this get. He's number 51 for us. I think he's number 40, you said, for Evan Maya and something yeah, like 46, that. Yeah, 46 out of 1,400-plus uh, transfer yeah. portal kids. So I think this is a really good get for Rutgers. Now, I still think they're missing one other piece. I, I'd probably say you probably want to back up big man, maybe a four-slash-five type player. Um, kind of like the Dean Reber role, but not the Dean Reber mold. Um, yeah. So you, you kind of want someone just to fill that role for this season alone, and then uh, we'll see we'll see what happens. I think this team has a chance to be a tournament team again. I know that was one of his big factors in terms of uh, committing to Rutgers. He wants the chance to make the tournament, and he feels that Rutgers has a really good shot at getting him there. Yeah, I think this team will be better than last year's team, honestly. I mean, the biggest deficiency was, was we couldn't score, and we added, you know, arguably one of the best scorers in the transfer portal. So uh, I only think that could improve where Rutgers is. And, you know, we didn't really have many, um, I guess, clean looks 
uh, offensively. And so he definitely will help create those. Um, but kind of moving on, uh, National it's Signing Day. too. Yeah. Yep. I didn't even talk, yeah, I didn't even talk about that. Yeah, and, there's not, not many bad things about Fernandes that uh, come to my mind. Deez. <laughs> Fernandes. Um, oh, too easy. So uh, National Signing Day, this the uh, April spring period began um, this past week. Uh there's a couple guys Rutgers is waiting on for NILs. Uh, some people yes. have gotten a little bit cagey about it and a little nervous. Is there any uh, merit to people being nervous about guys haven't signed yet? Yes and no. So yes, um, I'll get to that actually in a second. No, because Jamichael Davis is good to go, it sounds like. Um, they're just waiting for his family to get together. He wants to have a whole big ceremony. That's that's awesome. Actually, I also talked to Ace Bailey's dad yesterday, and he was telling me Jamichael gets there in May slash June, and it sounds like Ace Bailey might be spending a month with him in the state of New Jersey. Oh, that's pretty sick. Yeah. So they might be hanging out together, working out together a little bit. Um so that's that's huge. They they are very very close from their back in their Tennessee days, and obviously they both play in Georgia now. Now they're both going to New Jersey. Um, so little tidbit there. He's good to go. It sounds like it's just a matter of when, not if. Uh, in terms of Ndongu, uh it's a matter of if. Um, Georgetown okay. is supposedly pushing pretty hard right now and trying to get him to rescind his commi- verbal commitment. Um, it, it's not Georgia Tech, so I don't know who's saying Georgia Tech. It's it's not like I don't, maybe maybe they're mixing up the GTs because it's Georgia Tech, Georgetown, <laughs> but it's it's Georgetown is the main factor here. There's some other schools too locally that are making a push. Um, it sounds like Rick Pitino did kind of inquire a little bit just to see what's going on there. I don't know how serious they are, but I think Georgetown's a more serious threat, especially because of their NIL slush fund that they have between like two donors who are very cocky and they want people to know that they're rich and potential mm-hmm. GM-type people. Um, so they're, they're kind of playing GM at this point. So we'll wait and see what happens in that regard. But uh, it's Rutgers is making a pushback, so we'll, we'll see. It's uh, it's going to be a tough one. I Personally, I don't think he ends up as a scar at night. And that's okay, because then you have another ship open, and you can go hit that portal pretty hard just because the portal is the lifeblood of programs at this point. So go hit the portal for a 4-5 in like an Adangu type, but a guy that has experience already, a guy that can play right away. So I, I think all will be okay in the end. So don't over overthink it if he does decommit. But if you get him to commit, great, perfect. That's that's phenomenal. If not, it is what it is. Yeah, it does suck though that you know. It, I don't know how aware the staff was of this situation behind the scenes. Um, it just sucks that you know signing day comes and then you know the bag man shows up and. Rutgers might not get one of the the more exciting prospects of recent memory. Yeah. Uh, onto the banks because, I mean, Ndongo was totally unknown when Rutgers started recruiting him, and then he got a big mm-hmm. bump in Europe in rivals' rankings, and he got a big bump across the industry. Uh, mm-hmm. And just every clip you see coming out of Putnam Science was just like, wow, this kid is you know 6'10 with that kind of offensive skill set, and how did he not get any offers? And it sounded yeah. like Pike helped facilitate his move across the country because I think he was at, like, Colorado prep. Yeah. Um, and then he transferred to Putnam Science in Connecticut. Um, but unfortunately, there's you know, still some things going on behind the scenes that might not get him to Rutgers, which is really unfortunate. But Yeah, the almighty dollar. Yep. <laughs> it is what it is. Um, 
The last news item I have here uh, is a little bit off the beaten trail. So Rutgers got a commitment from uh, Destiny Adams, who was a five-star prospect as a high school basketball player. Uh, Coquitz Washington had her on campus this past weekend. Uh, She committed. um, She was a member of the University of North Carolina's basketball team. She averaged 17 minutes a game as a sophomore this past year. So she's got two years of eligibility left. Um, It's big news for the women's basketball team, but her brother is also class of 2025, top 25 overall prospect, Darius Adams. And that kid is a dog. Um, And he's going to be probably a five-star kid out of New Jersey. And Rutgers is really high on him. So tell us a little bit about her commitment and how that might help out with Darius. So from you and from Manchester Township uh, in New Jersey, um, went down to UNC for a couple years and played in 33 games. So it's not like she didn't play. She didn't get a ton of uh, production though. She only averaged 4.1 and 3.8 rebounds. 4.1 4.1 points and 3.8 rebounds per game. Shot 46%. That's pretty good, though. She had a mm-hmm. career high of 23 points this past year versus uh, South Carolina State. Um, she, she's a really good player. She was phenomenal, phenomenal out of high school. She was the NJ yep. Gatorade Player of the Year, as you mentioned. She averaged 30-something a game in high school. Um, it's a big reason why UNC went after her. Now, she came on a visit uh, this past weekend in Rutgers committed obviously on Monday, no, not Monday, Tuesday, Saturday afternoon, Saturday night, whatever it was. And, um, about two weeks ago or a week ago, whenever she entered the portal, she posted on Instagram. I, I caught my eye and I was looking, and I was like, Oh, look, Instagram. And I'm like, Oh, destiny Adams. Like, Oh, the, the Jersey girl. Like, no, I sent you that. Oh, you sent me it. Okay. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. Yes. 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 Um, and I was like, what, what is this? And I look at the bottom and I'm like, Oh, Darius Adams. Oh, that's his sister. Oh yeah. 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 So, and it's like, I'm going to go wherever you go. So, and it's like, oh, wait a second. Hold mm-hmm. on. Now she's going to Rutgers. So do the math. Uh, one plus one equals two. Darius Adams to Rutgers. <laughs> yeah, you heard it here first. Uh, he is actually committed to Rutgers. That one statement locks him in. Uh, but no, it's it's obviously a great thing to get a, his sister here. He's probably mm-hmm. going to be at Rutgers a whole lot more. He's already visited a handful of times. Um, yeah, no kidding. But this is a, just a really high-level kid, and just you know, he was very interested in Rutgers before his sister even committed. But this is only going to help mm-hmm. his recruitment for sure. Um, yeah. yeah, no, this is this is huge. The kid's phenomenal. He's, like you said, he's been to Rutgers a couple times. Rutgers is all in on him. Um, this is a similar situation to what happened with Cliff. What happened with Paul? what happened with um, Ace, what's, what's happening with Dylan currently. When they go all in on a guy, it seems like they've had a pretty good track record of getting them. Uh, yeah. Montez Mathis, for example, they went all in on him, sent coaches nonstop to these games, uh, beat out UConn. They went all in on Paul. They were at, I want to say, every single one of Paul's like high school games just because it was close, so close. Mm-hmm. They've been there. So many Manasquan games already. So many um, PSA Cardinals games, which is his AU program. And then on top of it, his family is just bleeds Jersey through and through. Like his other sister um, plays for Rowan. His dad um, is, was instrumental in like kind of central Jersey's like AAU start and, and start helped kickstart the Jersey Warriors AAU program. Um, so, I mean, there's so much Jersey throughout this entire family. And now they're, she's the fact that the one daughter's coming back to Rutgers, the other one's at Rowan, the other dad's running an AAU program. And it's like, okay, like, yeah. Might as well just stay home, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so. so just 
really good news there. Uh, hopefully, it uh, we'll we'll know more about it in the near future because I'm sure that he'll be on campus at some point this summer. Uh, for oh a visit. yeah, um, yeah, and it wouldn't shock. Uh, it's got to be. Imagine, like, just think about it for a second. Ace Bailey, mm-hmm. Dylan Harper. Oh, I'm sorry, I forgot. Gavin Griffiths. Gavin Griffiths. You might have four or five stars on a roster at one point, but that's if Ace and Dylan come back. Yeah, I mean, I have a hard time. If, if Ace is as good as we think he is and if Dylan's as good as we think he is, those guys probably yeah. aren't going to be back for a second season at Rutgers. Um, you never know. Run it back. This isn't a bad thing. Yeah, run it back. That could like We've seen how NIL can kind of change people's minds. but um, yeah. And that would be doing it the right way if they were on campus. Mm-hmm. It would be. So. It would be totally legal how it's designed to work, unlike a lot of these programs, uh, a.k.a. Uh, John Ruiz, who the, is the Miami Super Booster, who basically, like, tanked his entire company for the sake of NIL, like, to the point where the SEC is saying that, like, their financial statements can't be trusted anymore. <laughs> Pretty wild. Oh, um, God, that's a, rough, that's a rough look. Yeah. Uh, what else? We have two big pods coming up this week. Um, tomorrow we'll be talking with a former NFL Rutgers player. I'm not going to say more than that, but he was on campus this past weekend, uh, for the scrimmage. And we also have another interview with Richard Kent, who is the Rutgers basketball insider. He is coming back for his third bite at the apple on the pod. Sounds like he's got some information to share. So stay tuned for that later in the week as well. Uh, but is there any other things that we missed here, Richie, before we, we hop off? No, nothing new in regards to that assistant coach um, search. It sounds like it's actually going to take some time. He's going to be very patient with this. There's a ton of interest. I was talking to someone, um, source in the program. Uh, we'll go with that. Um, and he, he told me that there's there's actually a lot of intrigue there. Um, I, I, it's not too shocking because they were paying Carl Hobbs a pretty penny. I think it was around the 400K range. Yep. Double check on that. But uh, So that's, that's a really good amount for an assistant coach. Um, so some guys in lower levels are definitely going to reach out. Some mid-major guys, some even high-major guys aren't even making that much as an assistant coach. So it wouldn't shock me to see uh, see some, some some big names out there that are going to get rumored with Rutgers. Yeah, and I know we talked about Brett McConnell, but it sounds like there's uh, quite the list of, of yes. potentially interested assistant coaches. Yeah, um, so, so it's kind of a wait-and-see moment. So you'll have to update the hot board for this week of our assistant coach search. Yes. Um, maybe some we'll names that. that we weren't expecting. Of course. All right. Uh, I, I want to thank you guys for, for listening. Thank you guys for rating and reviewing. We've seen a big uptick in reviews over the past few weeks, and it's been us poking and prodding you, but I appreciate the uh, the actual feedback. Um, it's very helpful for us growing the show. Uh, but for me and Richie, this has been another edition of the Night Report Podcast. Sonny. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. 
And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.